there, Lucky Star. Welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Gaze. I'm one of your hosts, Angel. And I'm your other host, Brandon. And this is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. Because none of this makes sense. What is life? (laughs) What is existence? What are dreams? What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. What is love? (laughs) (laughs) Should we introduce ourselves? Yeah, let's do it. I'm Brandon Alter. I am a spiritual healer. I'm a tarot reader, an astrologer, and uh, a teacher of these things. And I'm also a writer and a performer. Gorgeous. And I'm Angel Lopez. I am a writer and a producer and an astrologer and a spiritual queeler and teacher. And just an all-around love bug. That is true. You are an all-around love bug. (laughs) And today we have... uh, fun episode for you all because we're going to talk about one of the most fun subjects there is in astrology the saturn return yeah i mean this is definitely a subject that people are curious about it has an allure to it a dark sparkling allure but an allure all the same I'm actually listening to this uh Sandra Bernhardt CD that one of our friends gave us and it's a CD from a while ago like uh, I'm trying to place the the dates, but she mentions Princess Diana passing away. So whenever that happened, was that like the 90s, early 2000s? Yeah, honestly, I don't remember the exact dates of that either. Hey, man, she mentions the Saturn return. Mm. She tells a story about how she was in uh, Amsterdam with her lover at the time and she ate a hash brownie and she faced her own death and had to go to the hospital and that was her saturn return oh gosh and i was like sandra bernhardt you really get it yeah (laughs) an ideal future podcast guest oh my gosh an ideal future friend oh my gosh i don't even know if i could handle it i mean i could handle it (laughs) i would just sit and observe uh we love listening to sandy's podcast on wednesdays called Sandyland, mm-hmm. and this last time we were listening to it we were in the car and i pulled up her chart and her chart is just amazing and it's just so fucking awesome to have the language of astrology to understand people better uh because it just like gave me an insight into sandra bernhardt in a way that i didn't know i felt Um, I know her podcast is really amazing. She's so funny. She's so funny and she's just like so warm and alive and real. And I kind of call her the patron saint of culture. Yeah. Like the fact that Sandra Bernhardt is alive on this planet makes me feel okay about being alive on this planet. Totally. I also really love that she is able to like take calls from callers. And that's like, honestly, like... For me, like that would be such a fun future iteration of the show. To take live just, calls and just talk to people. Oh my God, I people. would love that. I know, that would be fun. I have no idea how that would happen, but. I think we can figure it out. We would just like have to get set up on like a radio network and like have a live show every week. 
Yeah, or we can talk about this offline. Oh, okay. I've had some thoughts. Oh, have you? I have. The Spiritual Gaze Radio Call-In Hour? <laughs> yes. That could be fun. Well, we did that live show, and I just really enjoyed it so much. I just really like the like direct interaction. I think it's just from all all the classes and workshops we've taught. Like It really is my favorite part of the whole Spiritual Gaze universe, because we get to like have actual like contact with people, you know? I'm not enough for you. <laughs> no chase leaping on the floor isn't enough for you. No, I need more. Well, we'll see what we can do for you. <laughs> um, but but yeah, and uh, we put a little call a little call out to everyone um, asking for questions about the Saturn return because even if you have already been through it, guess what? It happens again. Yeah, and there's definitely, um, you know, a lot more that it can um, involve, which, you know, if you listen to last week's episode about the Jupiter journey, Saturn takes a similar journey as well. So it's really just kind of like the setup for a story that continues. It's not just like, oh, 28, 29, 30, hit Saturn return. Now I can like coast until the next one, or I don't have to deal with Saturn again for a while. But actually... um, there are a lot of points along the way and we'll do a Saturn journey show um, sometime in the new year. I would yeah. imagine maybe in like Aquarius season. Right. For sure. Um, but anyhow, um, let's just do a little quick check-in. How are you doing? Or would you rather me go first? <laughs> uh, no, I can go first. Uh, how am I doing? You know, we're back from the holiday. It was our anniversary before that. Uh, so we kind of had like, a week and a half of vacation. I mean, we taught a few classes and, you know, had a reading here or there, but for the most part we were off, which was so fucking amazing. As Angel will say to me, like, we're not going to be the spiritual gaze this weekend. We're just going to be Brandon and Angel, two gay guys with a dog. Um, Yeah. Every time Brandon wanted to like bring something up, like, what do you think about doing this workshop? Like, nope, shut it down. Totally. Which was really, really great. So much so that then we woke up Monday morning and getting back into the work mode is a challenge. And we didn't make anything easier on ourselves because we had to wake up bright and early on Monday and go and get our yearly physicals, which is always a blast. I loved mine. Did you? (laughs) Did you enjoy it so much? I mean, we have a great doctor, but I fucking hate all that allopathic medicine shit. Like talking about high cholesterol and blood sugar and i have never weighed more in my entire life and i was just like what the fuck this is because i feel healthy you know but then you've got a doctor saying like well you have like very high cholesterol and i'm like well that's just like genetic like my mom's side of the family has very high cholesterol but like nobody on my mom's side of the family has a heart attack you know and he's like, well, you should really like stop eating red meat. And I'm like, well, I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> so he's like, you really like shouldn't like have a lot of dairy products. And I was like, I don't. And so I guess I'm just like grappling with questions of like, am I taking good care of myself? How could I be taking better care of myself? Maybe like feeling some of the consequences of just like 20 months of being trapped in your own little world. And it's just, it's hard. It's hard to change behaviors and patterns. It's like hard to continue to like reinvigorate one's self-care. So, and it's hard to like do all that when you're a busy spiritual entrepreneur who is always working, you know, like I just feel like I'm constantly trying to 
make things happen for us, for the business, for the community. And I'm not doing a great job at like starting with myself every day. And then, and then it's just like, well, I'll try better tomorrow, but I'm, I'm not really, it's like, I'm just like trying to sneak moments when I can. Well, at least you're asking yourself these questions now. Yeah. You mean like before I have a heart attack? (laughs) (laughs) Don't even joke about that. But you know what I mean? We can be in the like, just in the phase, right? Of like doing the thing. And then we kind of actually get into the questioning of it, which is always, I think, a little bit more helpful. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's really easy for me to think like, okay, like I don't smoke pot. I don't eat meat. Like I teach Pilates, like I'm a healthy person. But then I'm being forced to kind of sit with like, but are you like, are you a healthy person? Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like, I don't know. Like, what does healthy person even look like, you know? Right. And it's different for everybody, you know? So that's where I am. Yeah. Well, it feels very end of the year. Yeah, for sure. Just feeling the weight of this year for, for sure. Mm-hmm. What about you? What's your check-in? Well, I think... um Really, my biggest thing right now is just being so over this Saturn-Uranus energy. I've been like living in a Saturn-Uranus Grand Cross this pretty much since February, and it is really starting to wear on me. <laughs> just like you know we've had this like saturn uranus square going on off and on all year and then because i have a saturn uranus square in my chart it's just like created this like monster of intensity that i've just been navigating and i'm just like so ready to be on the other side of this intensity um well you're almost there yeah, but I did realize that it's actually going to perfect in a couple of weeks. Like I've actually I haven't had the like actual perfection of like them being in alignment with your natal Saturn natal and Uranus. Saturn and Uranus, oh, wow. and they're actually going to do that at the same time in a couple of weeks. So, when is that? Um, I don't know the exact date. I need to like pinpoint the minutes yeah well i'll need to know the exact date (laughs) but it's somewhere in like the 16th 17th 18th range i'd say so i don't know that's just like one of those things that i'm like intrigued to see play out but i'm also just really like i said like so ready because it's it's been just a lot of um intense growth and and evolution and I appreciate it and I am grateful for the lessons because I do feel like I've had to wake up to a lot of really challenging aspects of myself and confront them um, but I'm still learning how to implement changes to myself And it feels very, just feels very confronting. So be curious to know if there's any other March (laughs) 
1977 babies out there who uh, are experiencing this, I should like reach out and like try to find some and just be like, what's going on in your life? That is like such a documentary I want to make at some point in my life. I just want to go and search out people who are born the exact same date and year and like region as me and just like go interview them. I think it'd be so interesting. And see like how the same, not the exact same chart, but a very similar chart plays out throughout time. Yeah. Just like find like specific points in time, you know, like the Saturn return, for example, and be like, so what was going on for you at, at this month and year? Um, I just think that'd be really an interesting experiment, astrological and personal experiment. Yeah, totally. So if there's any doc producers out there listening, yeah, because <laughs> I don't know the first thing about that, hit me up. I'm intrigued. But yeah, that's, you know, that's like the biggest thing for me right now. And it actually has brought up a lot of like old thinking because I remember being, when I was learning astrology and I was learning about all of these like intense transits, I would like fear monger myself about them. Like I would just like hide, literally hide in my <laughs> in my room just because I was like so scared to interact with the world around some of these transits because I just was like, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm scared. And I do notice that even sometimes with like our students, you know, and like our, you know, our listeners, how people will get really scared about some of these things. And it's completely understandable. Right. But it's interesting having one like come up for myself now because I've gotten to a point where I'm like, well, they never play out as terribly as you expect them to and like calm down. But at the same time, I'm like, this is hard. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, well, astrology is not just about what happens to you, but it's about what's pulled out of you. So even if you hide, you're still with yourself. And so much, I think, of what astrology shows us is our own thoughts and tendencies and patterns. So, Oh, totally. I am the scary motherfucker when I'm by myself at times. Totally. And so, you know, that Saturn is showing you like how to take responsibility for yourself so that you like stop scaring yourself and yeah. can go out into the world and own yourself. Totally. Yeah. Well, enough about us. Let's talk about the stars and head mm. into this episode's Cosmic, Cosmic Update. So we are still in eclipse season. We are almost out of those eclipse woods. You know, eclipse season definitely has us feeling heightened emotions. This whole last quarter of the year has an honorary Scorpio moon. So that definitely makes eclipse season feel even heavier. Um, it can sometimes feel like you're dying. You're not. Um, you're just transforming and changing. And this final eclipse is a new moon solar eclipse in Sagittarius. It happens around 12 degrees. So look at 12 degrees of Sagittarius in your chart and see where you're being invited to release and renew. A lot of, a lot of themes of like belief and philosophy and what you hold to be true are wanting to be kind of held up for further scrutiny mm -hmm. and potentially probably letting go yeah i think it makes a really nice sextile to saturn which i think is at least helpful to have saturn in a 
in a helpful role for sure during it. But, but yeah, I mean, eclipse seasons are always really challenging, right? You just kind of have to let go of old ways of being, even if they are belief systems, like I was talking about earlier, just about myself, like it's, it's challenging to confront yourself around certain things and you may find, I mean, you will find with eclipse season that external forces or situations are going to also indicate the changes that need to happen. So it's not just kind of like a confrontation in the mirror. The world is kind of holding up that mirror for you. Yeah. And I think Sagittarius is a sign that has some thematic resonance with like how we look at the world and our beliefs about how the world works and operates. And so we're going to find that sort of mirroring happening. But we also have um, Mercury traveling really close to this new moon energy as well. Yeah, Mercury's at 15 degrees, so pretty close to the sun and the moon. Mm -hmm. And I think that helps us just in terms of like metabolizing information, using our intellect to help us process what we're experiencing. Yeah. And potentially like being a little more like open about communicating it, you know, that we don't necessarily have to like suffer in silence about the things that we're coping with. Hmm. That's well said. Yeah, totally. And that could be part of the shift that needs to occur in you that maybe you've gotten used to just like holding in things because you're ashamed of them or you don't want to disrupt or disturb anyone in your life. When ultimately, like, they want to hear from you, they want to help you, they want to be a support, and may actually be able to help you move through it to some degree, which I think also, like, tees up another big aspect that's already, I think, close enough at the time of this podcast, but is going to even get closer, which is the Venus-Pluto conjunction, which has its pros and its cons, right? Like, I do think from a pro perspective, it can be like a real deepening of connection with people, you know, like you kind of cut to the core of what's going on in a relationship. You can have some of those really like profound um, moments with each other and really see who exists on the deepest level of relationship with you. But then it also has its real challenges, Right, because we know that Pluto presents power dynamics. And so you may find some potentially challenging power dynamics showing up, particularly around authority, because it's in that sign of Capricorn. Yeah, I mean, Pluto Venus shows us abuses of power that we are both victim and perpetrator of. Right. And so you might just start to explore in your own relationships. And we have... A long time because Venus is going to retrograde and pass back over Pluto two more times. So this is kind of like setting up the story that's going to continue through March. And you might just begin to explore in all of your relationships and also your values where the power dynamics are out of balance. Yeah, that's a good point. So yeah, just really consider where you have Capricorn in your chart. Because just know that Venus is moving in 
to march <laughs> yeah and listen i've been thinking of venus transits recently kind of like glinda the good witch and she just like comes in in her magic bubble and she sprinkles fairy dust everywhere and so when venus transits a part of your chart she is blessing it she is giving it beauty and value so that she moves into the capricorn part of your chart is a blessing wherever that is for you but it's going to be a a blessing we have to work for a little bit when she stumbles upon Pluto. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I feel like it is like a little bit of like Glinda the Good Witch, like, yay, la la la. But then like she gets stuck in the house a little too long and then she's like, this place is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> These munchkins are fighting. Like what's happening totally. here? You know, it becomes like a little bit of like, oh, there's some cleaning up to do in this area. You know, that like fairy dust doesn't quite handle totally <laughs> she's got to get her hands a little dirty so those are kind of like the big things to be aware of the last thing i would just say is that you know this eclipse season is significant because this is the last time we're going to get eclipses in sagittarius gemini for like 18 and a half years so some of us might be feeling like we get it already enough is enough like let's move on to the next thing but the important thing is to make the most of this Sagittarius Gemini axis eclipse because once it moves into Taurus Scorpio, it's a whole new thematic realm. Mm -hmm. So use this time to, you might be like, I'm sick of questioning my beliefs. I'm sick of exploring my identity. I'm sick of like thinking about myself in relationship to the world. And it's like, totally, I'm right there with you. I'm also sick of this shit, <laughs> but it's going to be over in January. And we're going to be thinking about Taurus Scorpio themes instead. So just stick in a little bit longer. It feels like senioritis, you know, like mm -hmm. when you're a senior in high school and you're just like, you're over it. You're just like done, but you haven't graduated yet and we haven't graduated yet. So just stick with it a little bit longer and let's all get those diplomas and then we can move out into the world. I'm over it. <laughs> I know <laughs> we all are. And the truth is, is like that, you know, that last Saturn Uranus square is Christmas Eve. Like that is literally the end of the 2021 astrology story. And we just, we just have to keep moving forwards mm -hmm. until we get those last pieces of information. Yeah. Well, all I want for Christmas is for Saturn and Uranus to split up. Oh my gosh. All I want for Christmas is to not have to be with my entire extended family during that Saturn Uranus <laughs> square. But what are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> it's no so wild. I know. Um, I had my first experience last night of driving and hearing uh, Mariah's All I Want for Christmas is You. Oh. I will say it totally brought a little tear to my eye. Drive Because I was driving through the neighborhood. I went to pick up some dinner for us and I was driving through the neighborhood and saw all the Christmas lights and it, like then the song came on and I was like, oh, Christmas. I mean, I had a tear for like Christmases of like past, you know, where like, you know, was childlike and sweet, you know, I missed it. It made me miss that time. Saturn Uranus, right? It's my, it's, you know, my Saturn fourth house. It's just like, oh, the Remember when I had no responsibility. <laughs> Takes me back to my 10 year old self, I guess. No, but, um. Sweet little angel. Mm-hmm. Um, well, speaking of Christmas, the Spiritual Gaze, we're here to help you with your holiday shopping. 
Oh, yeah. So we opened up officially the Spiritual Gay Spirit Shop. Uh, you can find it through our website. Just click on the tab, The Spirit Shop. It's an Etsy shop, so it'll take you there. And we've got hoodies and T-shirts and coffee mugs and tote bags. And we have been working really hard over these last couple months, checking out samples, making sure that these are like good quality products that you will enjoy having in your life. And so I would say, if you're wanting this for Christmas, order soon, because... Some of the stuff can take a minute to print and get shipped out to you. Yeah, for sure. But it's also just really nice that it's now open. It exists and we'll be continuing to add cool things over the course of next year. Um, so if you don't see something that tickles your fancy, don't worry. We will continue to drop some new stuff. Um, I'm even thinking like we might put in some crystals, some like crystal jewelry, maybe even some candles. Who knows? The sky's the limit. But yeah. I'm very excited that it exists. Me too. It looks great. And uh, the other little dose of self-promotion <laughs> that I just want to mention here is that we're going to do an Astrology of 2022 workshop on December 14th. Y'all asked for it. Here it comes. So two hours with us live, and we are going to go through all of the big transits of the coming year. Yes. And if you can't join us live, we're going to record it. And so we will send it out to you, but we're really looking forward to it. And I will just say like the tenor of the astrology for 2022 is very, very different than 2021. Oh, definitely. So I'm looking forward to a shift. I mean, there's some cool stuff, some exciting stuff. And then obviously, like, the United States Pluto return is some, like, hard stuff. What? Who said that? Who said that? Uh, but the nodes shifting into Taurus Scorpio. We've got a Jupiter-Neptune conjunction, which is going to be gorgeous. Um Lots of activity around the nodes of fate in mm -hmm. 2022. And so we'll really be kind of talking about what are the nodes? What does it mean when they move into Taurus Scorpio? And we'll talk about how this all affects your chart. So again, just head to the Spiritual Case website and you can sign up for that. And hopefully we'll see you there. Yes. With performances by Ariana Grande, Casey Musgraves. And Lady Gaga as Paulina Gucci. <laughs> Bravo. Uh, Patricia? Patricia? <laughs> Patricia, right? Patricia Gucci. <laughs> Father, son, and house of Gucci. Oh my God, we did see it. We watched it. We surprisingly loved it. We low-key loved it. We low-key loved it, everybody. It yeah. was so fun. Yeah. I mean, certainly tonally messy. All over the place. All over the place, but... Not as campy as you think, but then certainly but moments... But also just but as then certain as moments that are just like high camp. <laughs> yeah. For sure but gorgeous and actually like a lot of heart and a lot of humor and Lady Gaga fucking gives it. Yeah. I was impressed. Like there's some acting going on there yeah. and I didn't need to like hear her sing a song. I never once was like, cue the Gaga house of Gucci ba power ballad, but also bring it. That would have been <laughs> I would have been here for that. Oh my God. I mean, she basically already did the song. It's called Fashion. It's on the Art Pop album. I know, but it's about Donatella Versace. Well, that's Donatella, right? Oh, right. Yeah, that's There's true. just fashion. Do you remember when Lady Gaga performed Fashion on the Mupp? Like, she had a Lady Gaga holiday special. She performed it with RuPaul. Yes. It was great. That was great. I'll be watching that for the holiday season. Was RuPaul one of your top five artists in your Spotify wrapped? Yeah, we just got the Spotify unwrapped. RuPaul was actually not one of my top five artists. Wow. 
Um, but RuPaul's song, New, New Friends Friend Silver, Silver, Old, Old Friends, Friends Gold. Gold, the Map Pop remix, was my number one song of the year. I played it 33 times, and I'm shocked that was it. Yeah, really? They said my most played song was only played 30 times, and I was like, that's all I played it? Right. <laughs> I know, I'm like, because I think I played that song at least once a day, every day this year. I don't know. Yeah, well. I was actually surprised. I, I, I had a couple other songs I thought were going to take it, take the crown. But alas, Rue, I mean, I just have the gayest listening taste i mean the fact that Lindsay lohan's back to me was my number one last year now rupaul's old friend silver new friends gold i'm really just giving it to you guys i mean i had like an old janet jackson song in my top five <laughs> songs of the year so well you also like kind of discovered janet jackson this past year so. i discovered her i mean people are gonna come for me for that <laughs> i knew who she was everybody yeah. i loved feedback he wasn't like who's this woman yeah no i just like i you know only liked a couple of janet songs and then something happened in the last i think it was honestly last year when we were teaching chart and soul and we made her venus yeah and we were creating the Janet Jackson Venus Through the Houses playlist that I really just discovered her canon and just like fell in love with her heart because she has such an amazing heart. Oh you like God, feel yeah. it. Amen. So there's like one song, Well Traveled, that just like I listen to all the time and it makes me weep. It's a beautiful song. It's if you've so taken beautiful. breath work with us. You've heard it a lot. Because <laughs> it's been on like, it's been probably on, um, you know, one of the playlists. Yeah, at some point, it's true. At least I've maybe even sung over it during breathwork, the way Sandra Bernhardt does at the top of every show. May have, yeah. I'm sure. Well, depending on which breathwork you came to, I wonder how Sandra Bernhardt gets to play all of those songs on her pod. I guess they have, she has to get permission. Yeah, but I think on radio there's like a way. Oh, right. To do it, right? Because you're just playing. That's the whole point of radio. Yeah. Good point. In any event, let's shift <laughs> into our a Saturn deep dive, really talking about this Saturn return. So buckle up. Buttercup. It's time for this episode's deep, deep dive. dive. So let's just break it down from the top. For those of our listeners who are unfamiliar, even with the concept of the Saturn return, what is it? What is it? Yeah. What is it? Well, the Saturn return is technically when Saturn moves around your entire chart and comes back to the exact degree that it was in at the time of your birth. And that takes about 27 to 30 years. Depending, so it's, depending on your chart. It's a homecoming for your Saturn. Exactly. Now, what that means in a non-technical perspective, or from a non-technical perspective, is chaos, destruction, <laughs> fear. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, basically what it means is you have to step into the role that Saturn wants you to play. Shit gets heavy. Yeah. Saturn, as we know, is about, or as you may know, is about responsibility, structure, authority. 
and really on some level facing your fears. So when you have Saturn come back around to where it was when you were born and kind of like highlight that area in this Saturn return, it's basically asking you to step into your own authority in a way you haven't before, to take responsibility, to find and create structure, and to face those fears that you may have. Yeah. Saturn is where we have to do the heavy lifting in our life. Saturn is the work that our soul wants us to do, which may be very different than like our careers. And it is around the time of the Saturn return that we are faced with what that work might be. And if we are willing to engage with that work, Saturn can even help us, maybe even give us a gift. And right. if we try to turn a blind eye or refuse to engage in that work, that's really when the the chaos starts. <laughs> right, right. Because uh, Saturn won't be ignored. Saturn won't be denied. Saturn won't be put in a corner. No, 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 no. Um, I like actually this quote from Bill Tierney, um, who has a great book on, us, on Saturn. And basically saying about the Saturn return that at that time, we are no longer encouraged to allow parental, peer, or impersonal social pressures to do our identity structuring for us as we did while we were growing up and struggling to find our place in the world. Mm. So that's really what it comes down to, I think, is that we are confronted with this need to structure our identity for ourselves. Mm. And you can look to the house uh, that Saturn is in to get a sense of how that area maybe has like been the foundation of your identity structure, you know, or has kept you on some level from structuring your identity in a really purposeful way. Um, and then, of course, you look to that sign that Saturn's in to help you get a real sense of, oh, this is how I need to exhibit it. And we also think of Saturn as the work, right? Yeah, Saturn's the work. Yeah, it's the work we need to do. So on some level, too, a Saturn return is going to level you up into accepting the work that you came here to do. Or just level you. Or just level you, depending on how you engage with it. Engage with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so how do we want to do this? We had a bunch of questions come in. Angel and I also want to, you know, take a little time and share our own Saturn return experiences. Mm -hmm. And I think what we should also mention is, you know, it takes Saturn about 30 years to move all the way around the Zodiac. So you get one 27 to 30, and then you get another one. 57 to 60. And then if you live that long, you get another one, 87 to 90. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it's a common astrological theory that if you really embrace your first Saturn return, your second Saturn return feels a lot more gentle because there's no real surprises. You've been doing it all the way along. But if you don't embrace that first Saturn return, if you just try to like sneak by, that second Saturn return can be pretty annihilating because now you're dealing with, you know, 60 years as opposed to 30 years of unacknowledged fear, responsibility and discipline 
Yeah. And that was actually one of the questions that came in was just, you know, what is the difference between the first return and the, and the second one? And I think, yeah, to your point, like it, it, it does depend on how you approach that first one. But I do find that the first one tends to be much more like um, having to deal with your place in the world. You know, like it becomes a lot of like you versus the world, you versus the external. Whereas the second one is much more of like an internal integration, you know, Mm -hmm. it's much more of like, oh, let me face the internal issues of this placement that maybe I haven't fully engaged in yet. Totally. So it just kind of deepens that process. And, you know, I think it is really important to consider like, yeah, the whole sense of like authority, right? And like... A Saturn return to me is really just, it's time to step into my authority. And yeah, and, and, and be that, that person in my life who is in full, not control, because are we ever in control, but at least in full decision-making space in my life. Yeah, I think Saturn also asks us to consider like to whom and what we give authority. Yeah. Like who are we letting call the shots? And we don't get to call all the shots obviously because there are greater powers that be, but we do have responsibility and we do have sovereignty over our decision making. Like am I going to let money rule my life? Am I going to let family rule my life? Sorry, these are my Saturn themes. (laughs) Or am I going to let spirituality and transformation and digging deep into the truth be the authority of my life? Saturn and Scorpio. Well, let's talk. I mean, since you're offering up. Oh, shall we just go? Oh, yeah, let's just just start there. And then we can do questions and then we, you know, the rest of the questions and maybe even try and. Well, we'll see where we can get to from there. Okay, fine. All right. So I was doing a little digging because, you know, it's been a minute. My Saturn return was in December, end of November, December of 2014. And so I was doing a little digging this morning, looking at old emails and photos and my Facebook, just to really try to kind of crystallize some of some of like the teachable moments I can share on this show. And I have to tell you, just returning to that little era of my life was so uncomfortable. It just like stirred me up emotionally in a way where I was like, oh, I can't believe I had to live through that. And funnily enough, the moon is in Scorpio today. So I'm just like getting the full Scorpio emotional onslaught. But I'm looking and, and you'll notice that like the Saturn return isn't necessarily one thing that happens, but it's it's the same issue that keeps coming up wearing different wigs. So around the time of my Saturn return, so my Saturn is in Scorpio in the eighth house. So Scorpio themes are, you know, themes of other people's money, very Scorpio, very eighth house, uh, themes of death and rebirth, um, and also like themes of power and control. And I'm looking through all these emails and I'm looking at all of the people in my life who I was giving control over myself too. So this was a period where I was like desperately trying to find an agent or a manager. And do you remember, Angel, that there was that one manager that I had had a meeting with 
And he didn't decide to like sign me yet, but he was going to send me out on a couple of auditions. And there was this one audition that I did the self tape for. It was for Mama Dallas. Mm -hmm. It was this like big drag HBO show that never ended up getting made. So that's just always so funny to look at. And I like put my like fucking heart and soul into this self tape and then never heard back from him. And then I remember we went to New York this is all around my Saturn return. This is like end of November. So Saturn's at like 26 degrees and like 58 minutes and my Saturn's at 27. And we go to New York and I haven't heard anything about this like self tape that I've like given myself over to body, mind, heart, and soul. And I'm with my best friend, Nick. And I just remembered, like, I don't get to see Nick that often because we're not in New York that often. And I spent the whole day just like bitching and complaining about that and giving so much power. And then what actually ended up happening was he finally wrote back to me and he was like, I actually don't think this is very good. I think you need to retape it. And then we didn't end up signing together anyways, because I was like, this guy's a fucking asshole. Okay, so that's one That's one thing, okay, giving my power to like other people in the industry. We were also at that time doing a big Kickstarter to raise money for the short film that you were directing and had written mm -hmm. and that I was starring in, mm -hmm. um, which feels very Scorpio as well. And I remember that was right around the time that I was asking my grandparents for money for the film to invest in it. And they also were getting ready to celebrate their big like 60th anniversary. Maybe it was their 50th anniversary. And they wanted me to sing at the anniversary party. And in my family, I have always been this like kind of like little trained monkey that like performs at the drop of a hat. And it was actually the last time that I would ever sing at a party for them. But I did it because I looked at the email and I was like, Hey, here's all the information about, <laughs> oh, wow. about the, the film and here's the Kickstarter. And also I'm so excited to like put together a really great program to sing at your, at your anniversary. So I was being totally Scorpio. I was being totally manipulative, but I was at least like getting something in exchange for you were it. seeking payment. I was seeking payment. Um, and then on the day of my actual Saturn return, it was November 27th, 2014 with my Scorpio at 27 degrees of Scorpio. We were celebrating Thanksgiving. And we were at my family's house and I really understood more so in hindsight that like that was really a moment where I began to like individuate myself from their desires and what they wanted of me and from me. And a lot of Scorpio 8th house themes are around money and other people's money. And I really had to start to grow up around finances and feeling comfortable asking people for money, feeling comfortable budgeting, but also like not letting money control me, which is something that I have always allowed, especially like growing up in my family. Um, you know, my grandparents are very generous, but all of their gifts comes with strings attached, especially like, I mean, I don't know who the fuck's going to listen to this, so I don't give a fuck. So my grandfather <laughs> is like taking us on vacation to Hawaii oh, in a couple shit. of weeks. And I got off the phone with him. I called him on Thanksgiving because I wasn't going to see him. And he was like, so you just need to remember, like, this isn't a personal vacation. This is a family vacation. And I don't want to see any beards at the dinner table. Literally, like, telling me that, like, if you're going to come on this vacation, you're going to have to, like, shave every night. Well, guess what? 
this beard is going to Hawaii. Like, I don't give a fuck. But back then, I was a lot more willing to be kind of like micromanaged by their desires. And I also wasn't as... So what you said about that 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 quote from Bill Tierney uh-huh. about like the Saturn return really being that moment when you start to own who you are from your own perspective as opposed to like trying to be who you think everybody wants you to be, that was totally happening. And it was really fucking painful because I was reaching out in every possible avenue to get validation, to assert who I was, and I wasn't getting it. It was being, I was being rejected every which way i was going through all those emails in early december and it was like this one manager that i met with and we like had a great meeting and he was like i'd love to work with you and then i reached out and then he reached back like a week later and he was like unfortunately my roster's full and like i was just like getting and i just remember being in that moment and being so depressed and feeling so disheartened and downtrodden but in a lot of ways it was it was that period of time that helped redirect me out of performance and into healing and into spiritual practice and into the person that I am now. So I do feel like I did engage with my Saturn return, but just because you know what it is doesn't make it any easier. And then it's interesting too, because I, I pulled out an old phone and was just like looking through photos and even like the tenor of the photos, as soon as Saturn passed over my natal Saturn, it was like a whole different realm. There was a lightness, there was a joy, like things shifted. And I know a question came in about like, how long does the Saturn return last? Mm-hmm. And the truth is, is that it really depends on your Saturn and what transiting Saturn is doing. Because for me, I was lucky Saturn passed over my Saturn once. But for other people, if you get a Saturn retrograde, you might have Saturn get really close to your Saturn, even go over it and then back up over it and then go over it again. Yeah. So for me, my Saturn return felt like it was it was pretty tight. It was about a two-month period of time. Thematically, things had been building for a while. But for other people, your sudden return might be a whole year, you know? Yeah, off and on. Yeah, and just to that question specifically, I I also would say, like, look to when Saturn enters the house of your Saturn return, because I do think that is when the introduction occurs. You know, it's like, oh, now we're moving into this realm, and your Saturn return is going to be here. So I feel like that is when, like, you know, they put the carpet down and start to unroll it for you to walk, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I do think, you know, a few degrees afterwards, you know, once it's like hit the point and moved on, like you're, you're pretty much on to the next phase. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, for me, it was to be at the very back end of Scorpio. And then as soon as Saturn moved into Sagittarius and moved into my ninth house, it was like, I was off to the races. So do you think, and I feel like I kind of know the answer, but do you think that you're giving, the people you were giving authority to was also so tied up in what you thought you were supposed to be doing with your life? So once you took your freedom back from those people, you had freedom to explore whatever you wanted? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'd spent, my whole life up to that point really trying to succeed as an actor 
And every success I had, I had to fight for tooth and nail. And I still like was never able to get people in my corner to like really back me and support me. And I think uh, the universe was trying and Saturn especially to show me other potentialities for my life. Because growing up, I was into performance. I was very good at it. And I got really validated for it from my family, from, you know, society at large. Mm -hmm. But then as I tried to pursue it professionally, trying to continue to get that validation, it just wasn't nourishing. And the truth is like, even when I book jobs, like I was never the sort of person that like loved to be on set, like loved to be in my trailer. Like there's a lot of people that do that love that whole atmosphere. And that was never me. I just, I just like couldn't wait to get home, honestly. Like I love the playing pretend part of acting. I love the imagination. I love the creativity and the collaboration, but the nuts and bolts of actually doing it professionally as a career, I always struggled against. And I always struggled against like being queer and being feminine and being, you know, unique looking in an industry that didn't know what to do with me and where to put me. And I spent a lot of time diminishing my humanity, trying to be somebody I wasn't. And the Saturn return and even like the short film that I that I did with you allowed me a way to do what I love to do in a way that let me be who I wanted to be and then kind of move forwards onto the next. Right. When I'd say even more so Brendana Summer too. Well, exactly. And all the performances you did. Yeah. It, I mean, it gave way for her to come through. Yeah. Because that's really who wanted to be performing at all of those family functions anyway. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and I challenged you to show up as Brentana You know what? The look wasn't on point yet. Now if she showed up, I mean, your grandpa would probably hit on her. It'd be wasted. <laughs> be wasted on them. He'd be like, who's this young lady? Oh my gosh. Please, let's not go there. <laughs> but that's also a part of my Saturn and Scorpio. <laughs> Sorry. Moving on. <laughs> Do you want to share yours? Yeah. I mean, sadly, I don't have as like greatly detailed as of a memory because I mean, yours was a minute ago. Mine was like an hour and a half ago. Um, so I don't have like too much. I guess maybe I could like, I don't even know if I had joined Facebook yet, y'all, when I had my return. I don't know if that was even like, you know, I'd have to like uncover my, my MySpace to really know what was going on, I think, to some degree. But uh, mine was, uh, unlike yours, I did have a one, two, three hit of it. Oh, wow. With a retrograde action. So I had a, my first hit at 28 in um, October of 2005. So I really had to like just kind of like sit with myself and try to remember what was going on there and track it. But my Saturn return, I will say, was in my fourth house you know, Saturn Leo on the fourth. Uh, but I actually had a bit of like some help with mine because I, you know, was studying astrology much before that. And I remember having someone tell me like, oh, with your fourth house, you're really going to have to like confront your familial issues and you should do it before it happens. And they were like, you know, you should you shouldn't wait for the Saturn return to do it, like get in front of it. So 
in like 2003, like two years before my Saturn in the fourth happened, I left New York City where I was living and moved back in with my parents and my younger sister into my old family house, which was like the last place on earth I wanted to be. But um, I did so honestly, not necessarily because I had to, like I was actually doing fine in New York. I had a path forward in New York, but my little sister getting married kind of triggered this whole sense in me of like, oh, I don't, I'm not really that close to my family. I don't really have like, I have a lot of issues with my roots. I'm very detached from it. And maybe I need to go back home. And maybe this is like the impetus for that whole process that I knew I was going to have to deal with. And I always knew I'd probably move back to LA at some point. Anyhow, all that to say, I had like done a lot of like my Saturn work to some degree, at least like confronting the authority but uh, hello i was still living in my parents house like i i think i was even like given like a fucking curfew you know like i didn't i didn't own a car you know like i was like driving my dad's car like so all of these things that over time of living there i started to shift out of and then i moved in 04 into an apartment with this like crazy like gay like muscle like belgian muscle queen <laughs> so random that that was my roommate and i lived there because i kind of thought i was supposed to live in west hollywood you know i was gay i was like oh i should move to west hollywood um and yeah did not like that that much why have i never heard of the crazy belgian <laughs> muscle queen like i've been with you for 11 years and i've never heard of what was his name martin and i've never heard of martin once okay Martin, I mean, we'll table that, but, but I'll tell you some stories. Oh my God, yes, I want them. But Martin was lovely, actually. He was a very nice human being, but, you know, we were very opposite and I was trying to like plug in a little bit to a world that wasn't entirely mine. Anyhow, all this to say, I lived there for a year and when Saturn then moved into my fourth house to get close, you know, to start the the journey toward my Saturn return was in August of 05. And I remember that that was when I was like, I don't think I live here. Like, this is not my home. And I started to like look around and um, actually ventured out to the east side for the first time, the east side of LA, which is like Los Feliz, Silver Lake. Um, and was like, oh, this is my space. These are my people. And, and then it was in October when um, my Saturn return hit that I moved to, to Silver Lake. And I ended up living there for six years. Oh, no. I ended up living there for five years. Yeah, a little over five years. But all this to say, it was like the first place that I had moved into um, since I got back to L.A. that was like, oh, this is like my house. Like, this is my place. Like, and really feeling like a sense of like, stepping into adulthood because i think even living in that place in west hollywood i felt a little kind of like this is not my home and i would think i spent a lot of time at my parents home still kind of going back and forth well it wasn't your home it was martin's home. it was martin's home and it was martin's home like all his furniture like everything was his i just like lived in the room and um but this was the first place where i like moved in and it felt very much like my home and I remember even then thinking back that my second hit came in December because it retrograded soon after. 
my first hit. So I got the second hit right away in December. And I remember hosting my very first like holiday party with like my friends at that apartment. Look at that. A Saturn return being the hosting of a holiday party. (laughs) But that makes sense for Saturn and Leo. Like, let me be the star of my own house. Exactly. And having that be something that I never really had much of an opportunity to do before. And I think there was something too to the idea of like also spending the holidays with my family, but actually kind of feeling like my own man for the first time doing it. You know, like I remember, I think that might have even been the first year where like I didn't spend the night, you know, at my parents' house Hmm. and wake up in the morning. You know, I think I might have just like gone home. Yeah, gone home home on Christmas Eve to my house and then woke up early in the morning and drove back to their house to have like a Christmas day with my family. I think I was like, I have a really nice place and a nice bed and it's only like 25 minutes from here. So I'm going to go home (laughs) Um, instead of sleeping on this couch. So... So, yeah, I think there was a real sense of like, you know, differentiating myself from like the childhood angel who had existed and really stepping into adulthood angel for the first time. Um, Yeah. And I think there was something, of course, because of the Leo of like being a little bit more of like the star role, you know, like I'm going to I'm going to let myself be seen a little more as who I am. Um. And then I had my third hit in July of 2006. And in just kind of looking back at the very, very, very few emails, and by few, I mean one email that I could find from that time, I realized that that was actually when I was beginning to fully explore myself as a writer again and like a screenwriter. And soon after that began my um, screenwriting group out here in LA and I think was just like trying to step into that creator role Mm -hmm. as well. Um, And now thinking about it too, I had just moved into the development and production world that I was working at a film studio at the time and I'd been in marketing and I had just a couple months before that gotten a job in film production and development. And that shifted me a lot. And I remember my boss, who was very unconventional, would just kind of let me, like, I would just be like, oh, can I come to this meeting? Because I just didn't know any better. And he'd be like, sure. You know, and like, I'd be like, oh, can I meet that person? Oh, can I listen in on that call? He'd be like, sure, sure. And all the other assistants would be kind of like, we don't get to do that like that's not like I was doing things just kind of my own way because I didn't know that you shouldn't ask for those things you shouldn't ask for authority you know so I think on some level I was able to then kind of be an authority in that space at least for myself more so so I think that's like some of my Saturn biz. Yeah. Well, it's great because we have two like very different examples, but they definitely show how the Saturn return can be expressed and that you are going to be dealing with themes of like taking responsibility for your life, but how you take responsibility for your life might be very different based on the house and the sign that your Saturn's in. Yeah. So what questions did we get? So um, beyond the ones that we already kind of jumped into, a great question that came in was, how can you tell if you are in alignment with your return 
or if you are running from it. Hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But I think that's really a question that only you can answer. You know, like, are you lifting the heavy weights that are being presented to you or are you trying to avoid them? And so only you can be honest if you are in avoidance or confrontation. And Saturn wants to be confronted. Saturn wants you to like grow to match their size. Yeah, and it's really about like looking deeply at that placement, right? Like, oh, it's in this area of my life. Like, am I pushing myself to confront any issues in that area of my life? Yeah. And, you know, not every Saturn return is going to feel the same. No. For example, my Saturn natally squares my sun. So obviously my Saturn return is going to square my sun and and issues around identity are going to come up in a really big way. But maybe your Saturn trines your Venus. So like your Saturn is a gentler, more constructive Saturn. So your Saturn right. return isn't going to be maybe as like catastrophic as, as mine. Yeah. Or as, you know, as Sandra Bernhardt's. <laughs> right. So I feel as long as you're aware of it and like you said, kind of lifting the weights, doing the work around it, you're in alignment with it. It might just not feel entirely like clean and easy. And like, it's not like suddenly like a switch gets flipped and you're like, ah, I'm in right relationship with Saturn now. Because as we mentioned, like the journey continues. Honey. It's a lifetime process of getting into right relationship with Saturn. And some days and some weeks and some months and some years, you're more in right relationship than others. And that's okay. You fall in and out of it. Yeah. And that's like our relationship with authority, our own inner authority and responsibility. There are some days where like you wake up and you're like, I'm feeling myself and I got this done. And I want to do this and I got it done. And there's some days where you're like, I just want to sit on this soft thing and watch a screen, you know? Yeah. So just the fact that you're asking that question means Shows that you're probably on the right you're track. You're doing it. You're doing well. So similar question to what we already covered, but just, yeah, does it last the entire time it's in the sign? Is it mostly when it's conjunct? Mostly when it's conjunct. That's yeah. the peak period. Thematically, things will start to show up for you, like Angel said, when it enters the house, when it enters the sign. But no, it doesn't last the whole time. Yeah. And you begin to really feel it even more as it's like getting, you know, in those, I'd say probably like five degrees leading up to it. And you're yeah, like, for sure. oh, there's something going down. But something does happen, I think, when it hits that exact point, you know? For sure. There is some sort of like. Like I was shook shift. when I was like, oh my gosh, it was literally the Thanksgiving dinner where I remember you were there with me. It was maybe one of the first Thanksgivings where I'd brought you to my family and we're like, pitching ourselves and pitching the movie and asking for money and like presenting ourselves as like business people in a way, right? Like we're doing this thing for ourselves. I was like, that was literally the day of my Saturn return. So wild. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. I think a great question. What if I feel like I fucked it up and I didn't take full advantage while it was oh, happening? sweet angel. No, listen. First of all, you're going to get a second chance 
around 57 to 60. But also, Saturn doesn't go anywhere. Just because Saturn returns and then keeps moving doesn't mean that you're no longer in relationship with Saturn. So as we'll talk more about when we do like a Saturn cycle episode, you know, seven years after the return is the Saturn square. Seven mm-hmm. years after that is the opposition. There are, there are these other portals that are just as impactful where you can take responsibility and, and own the Saturn. And, and if you feel like you fucked it up, that means you learned from it, which is what Saturn wants you to do. So you're doing fine. Yeah. And the Saturn work doesn't always, it doesn't just like turn on for a brief window of time and then turn off. Honey, it never ends. Yeah. So just continue to work it. You know, it's like if you didn't learn about a Saturn return until you were like 33 and then you're like, oh, fuck, I was a total mess at 30 or 29, you know, like I fucked off everything. Well, now's your time. Oh, now I know. Let me turn it on. Let me work it. Yeah. Let me do it. And look at what you, in quotation marks, like fucked up then. And how can you make sure that you're not fucking up in the same way now? Right? Like what responsibilities were you shirking around your 30s that you now can pick up? Yeah. But that's the thing, right? It's like we either like take the responsibility or we're like, I don't want to. And we do everything to kind of like throw our lives into disarray right. at that time. Well, the avoidance. Yeah. So you can always go back and clean up a mess. It's basically like Saturn's the mountain. And the mountain gets put right in your path. Mm-hmm. And it's exhausting to climb the mountain. And it's overwhelming. And it brings up a lot of fear. But you might as well just climb the mountain that's in front of you instead of going all the way out of your way to get around the mountain or to decide that you're not going to go any further forwards. Yeah. Cause guess what's on the other side of that mountain? More mountains. Another mountain. <laughs> a bigger mountain. But we also can't a lake. Be mountain goats. But also a lake. Well, there might be a lake, a lake in between. There's an the oasis. Two, for sure. An orchard. Yeah. But it's got a time limit on it. Yeah. And then there's, then there's another mountain. Get back to the mountain. Um, How might a natal Saturn in retrograde affect the return? I mean, to me, I feel like when you have that natal retrograde Saturn, we can be a little slow to the work, right? It takes us a little more time to process the work that needs to get done. Yeah, and it's a slightly gentler Saturn. Yeah, but so I actually think that when you get the direct hit of a Saturn return, it could potentially be a little more challenging to face it directly. Yeah, because you have never felt Saturn direct until that moment. Yeah. Um, but it's great because it wakes you up to what your Saturn work is. And exactly. when any planet is retrograde in your birth chart, it can be challenging to really feel the full heft of their impact. Yeah. To me, it's almost like you become like officially, it's like you become unofficially Saturn direct after the Saturn return. And we haven't talked much about progressions, I don't think, but you might already be a progressed Saturn Saturn direct. direct. Yeah. So at that point, you may have already kind of started to get a sense of like, oh, how I need to work this energy. So... It, it may be a challenge, a little bit more challenging, just again, because you're facing something that doesn't feel entirely like it is. But you've also maybe had 
time to really process what you know you need to do for your work or what authority you are have been giving away and so you might be able to either already be in sync with it a little more or recognize it when it shows up really great questions everyone thanks for asking and let us know if you have a great saturn return story because we want to hear it for sure and we'll even share it on the show if we get enough of them we could do a whole episode that's just sharing saturn return stories oh my god yeah y'all could send us like a voice note or something yeah just totally play your voice on the podcast it's like the moth story hour <laughs> but just all about saturn return i would love that see i'm trying to pull it in y'all trying to pull in this colin show all righty well saturn return everyone you're doing great wherever you are in the saturn journey and again we'll, we'll do a deeper dive into the saturn journey sometime soon but now it is time to uh, settle in for our tarot card of the episode. All right, everybody. So let's just take a moment and get grounded. Open ourselves up to whatever wants to come through for us. Listening to the sound of the cards being shuffled to connect to them. And just trusting that this message will resonate no matter the future place or time to which you listen to this episode. If you have a question, if there's a particular realm of your life where you're needing guidance, you can certainly throw that out into the cards. But also just asking for one card to help us make the most of the end of eclipse season, these first couple weeks of December, or whenever it is that you happen to be listening. The Knight of Swords Reversed. Well, this feels very Gemini, Sagittarius, polarity here. So the Knight of Swords is double air, knights being air, swords being air. And this knight is like flying forwards. So much so that the horse almost like is a little scared. It's like, whoa, we're really being pushed to the to the brink of our capabilities here. And it's really a card that's speaking to us about the nature of thoughts and how they build momentum in our life, how stories build momentum in our life, and how it's okay to change directions, to change momentum. So this is one of those cards that kind of shows up that says like, it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to not always be heading in one direction with blinders on. And you might just start to look at like, where have I had blinders on? Where have I been kind of chasing after this thing without giving any sort of awareness to the other parts of my life. And sometimes we get so single focused that we don't realize what's kind of being sacrificed or ignored in the pursuit of this one thing. And and it may not even be the pursuit of a goal, but the pursuit of a thought, the pursuit of a belief. And so the reverse position just kind of indicates like we may not like what we realize needs to be changed internally, we may be resistant to it, or we might be surprised. But I would just say like the theme for these next couple of weeks is like, it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to change your mind about something. It's okay to like, start to eat meat again, if you're a vegetarian. It's okay to change your pronouns. It's okay to allow your experiences on this planet to inform a different way of relating to the world. You are not a prisoner of who you've been. 
You are not a prisoner to the thoughts of your past. You are allowed to change in the moment. The same way plants do, they grow towards where the light is. And if the light changes, they change the way in which they grow. Beautiful message. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for being here with us, for tuning in. As always, you can find out everything we have going on at our website, thespiritualgaze.com, including our new spirit shop. It's there. Um, but of course, you can find us on Instagram at the spiritual gaze, Twitter at spiritual gaze, Facebook at the spiritual gaze. And hopefully, we'll see you all at some of one of our offerings coming up soon. You know, we have a breathwork coming up, astrology uh, club coming up, and our astrology 2022 workshop. Until next time, sweet, beautiful gazers, this has been your transit through the spiritual gaze.